You have to know that politics can be a very touchy subject. It can be when we get together on holidays with our families and they all gather together and sometimes you just avoid the topic altogether. It's kind of like Christianity and religion. If your family is largely non-believers or there are non-believers, sometimes you just avoid the conversation when you get together. Much like politics, it can divide families, it can divide churches, it can divide a nation. And yet Paul reminds us that we have a responsibility to those who govern over us. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to Romans chapter 13. Getting ahead of myself there. Romans 13, titled this, Putting on Jesus. We're going to grab the whole chapter, all 14 verses. We're going to see submit to the governing authorities in verses 1 through 7. Love one another, verses 8 through 10. And knowing the time, verses 11 through 14. I'll go ahead and read our first point. Submit to the governing authorities, verses 1 through 7, and open us in prayer. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath upon him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of the wrath, but also because of conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And Father, I just pray that you would help us to receive from your word that which you would have for your church this day, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, I had mentioned 
as we began chapter 12, that Paul went from looking at the issues of theology, uh, chapters 1 through 11 pretty much, to how to live out our faith, chapters 12 through 16, really practical things in our Christian walk. And he talks about government here. And he says in verse 1 that every soul should be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. And this is an amazing statement, especially considering the background that I just given concerning the Roman government. Rome itself having 1.2 million people believed in population and over half of them slaves. And yet Paul understood that God through Jesus Christ both created and sustained creation, that God is over all things and God has set men in authority over many in the world here today. But Jesus Christ, authority over them all, as it says in Colossians 1, 16 and 17, for by him all things were created that are in the heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. You have to know that politics can be a very touchy subject. It can be when we get together on holidays with our families and they all gather together and sometimes you just avoid the topic altogether. It's kind of like Christianity and religion. If your family is largely non-believers or there are non-believers, sometimes you just avoid the conversation when you get together. Much like politics, it can divide Families, it can divide churches, it can divide a nation. And yet Paul reminds us that we have a responsibility to those who govern over us. He says that we are to be subject to, and this is a military term that means to rank under, that you have those in authority over you. And God ruling over the nations, it's something that's clearly seen with the Babylonian Empire and King Nebuchadnezzar. We learn in Jeremiah 27, 4 through 8, and bear with me, I just want to kind of give us a, a look at Babylon real quick and see the hand of God allowing this nation to become a world empire in order that he could bring judgment upon the nations of the world and especially the nation of Judah at that time. And so Jeremiah prophesied, Jeremiah 27, 4, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, thus you say to your masters, I have made the earth, the man and the beast that are in, on the ground, by my great power and by my outstretched arm, and have given it to whomever seemed proper to me. And now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and the beast of the field I have also given him to serve him. So all the nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son until the time has come. And then many nations and great kings shall make him serve them. And it shall be that the nations and kingdoms which will not serve Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and which will not put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, that nation I will punish, says the Lord, with the sword, with famine, with pestilence. 
until I have consumed them by his hand. Here God announcing to the nation of Judah at that time, saying that I have put all nations underneath the king of Babylon and to his son and to his son's son. And if you know the history of the nation of Babylon, it lasted by three kings, Nebuchadnezzar, his son, and his grandson, Belshazzar. In Daniel 2, verse 21, we find that Daniel proclaiming to the king that he changes the times and seasons. He removes kings. He raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. That God is in control of all things. And Daniel gave prophecy to Nebuchadnezzar saying that it's God who is beyond behind all this. And then to Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, Belshazzar, Daniel said these words in Daniel 5.21, talking about King Nebuchadnezzar, then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like the beast. His dwelling was with the wild donkeys. They fed him with grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew that the Most High God rules the kingdom of men and appoints over it whomever he chooses. This was on the night that Belshazzar saw the handwriting on the wall and none of his wise men could read what God had written on the wall. And they called for Daniel and Daniel reminded Belshazzar that God had taught your grandfather this lesson that you knew about, that your grandfather for seven seasons would be like a wild animal until he recognized that the God Most High rules over the kingdom of men. And that is something we need to recognize today. It's something I've always carried with me, and I think it's largely to not only uh, Old Testament passages, but largely to this passage in Romans 13, that God is in authority over all and that there is no authority on this earth except that which has been appointed by God. It's something that we just need to rest in, even when it seems that the authorities being appointed are doing some pretty evil things. A Babylonian Empire did some pretty horrific things, and yet God said, I placed them there for a purpose. And so we pick up in verse 2, it says, Therefore, Whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves, for rulers are not a terror to those who do good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. Now, we read this, and we live in a government today where it seems that these words are not true. And very shortly, uh, Paul would live in an empire where these words would not be found true, in that soon it would be the government of Rome persecuting. And they've already went through a slight persecution. Uh, by the time Paul had written the letter of Rome, one of the emperors, as I read earlier, had already kicked out all the Jews from Rome. And so they were feeling uh, the force of the Roman government over them. And yet we find that we live in a world today where our government should be they should be punishing evildoers, praising those who do good. And sometimes we find that the reverse is actually taking place, that people are living in ways that are apart from the teachings of the Word of God 
and they are being lifted up. They are being praised by those who are in governing authorities over us and those who are trying to live right and to do good and to walk right in the sight of God. They are finding a shift today in our nation concerning that. Just think of this. If you use the name of Jesus today, if you use it in a negative way, you'll find praise in today's media. You'll be lifted up. They'll give you praise. But if you use it in a positive way, the way that it should be used, you'll find condemnation in the world that we live in today. Now, I know that there have been somewhat of a reprieve of what was going on just a few years ago. But may I remind you, just a few years ago, and this is an article that was written just a couple of years ago, an excerpt of this article said, hostility toward religion in America has expanded dramatically with florists targeted, bakers punished. By the way, that's going on right now. The one baker, he keeps getting lawsuits in his favor. He's winning them only to have more lawsuits brought against him. And they're trying to destroy him. But bakers punished, nuns coerced, and even retail companies facing discrimination for their faith. Kelly Shackelford, the chief counsel of First Liberty, explained hostility to religion is rising like floodwaters, engulfing ordinary citizens. It is eroding the bedrock on which stand vital American institutions such as government, education, military, business, houses of worship, and charity. It has the potential to wash away the ground that supports our other rights, including freedom of speech, press, assembly, and government by the consent of the people. The attacks are sweeping away small businesses, careers, and ministries, and behind the legalities are tears, anguish, and the denial of basic tolerance, compassion, and common decency. We have seen a rise of attack against our Christian faith, and we're seeing it especially in our school systems today, and especially in the government today. It seems that the values that our nation had once been built upon, that in government today, they're afraid to even to recognize those values any longer and to kind of have the seen and not heard approach that we don't speak the name of Jesus, we don't bring up the Bible, we don't pray in government assemblies any longer. We know that's going on in some places. We know that some areas still hold to these truths, but it is being challenged in many of the areas. And yet Paul again would write in 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 3, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all those who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. He said, first of all, supplications, prayers, thanksgiving, giving of thanks, intercession, be made for all men, but for kings and those who are in authority. How well do we pray for our presidents, for those in our government here in the state of Illinois? We need to be praying 
for what's taking place in the state of Illinois because we currently have a governor that is making many decisions against biblical values. And we are going to reap from these decisions. It's going to hurt the church, hurt the people, I believe, ultimately of Illinois. We have seemingly a legalization of everything that was deemed just wrong just a few years ago. And as these legalizations take place in our, our state, in our nation, in our school systems, we need to be in prayer and supplication and intercession. But he says, giving thanks. Sometimes we don't pray with thanksgiving, do we? That is a challenge. You know, during my lifetime, up to this point, there have been 12 presidents, and I haven't always agreed with many of the policies of the presidents. I've always respected the office. We are fortunate. We still have a right to vote people in and out of office, but sadly, many Christians vote in such a way that supports our world's downward spiral away from God. I believe if Christians would vote according to the word of God, we would have a different look in our nation. I believe also if Christians would conduct themselves as far as marriages are concerned, we'd have a different statistic of marriage within the church of Jesus Christ today. If Christians would uh, take a stance on media that they would consume, there would be a difference in the media that's being produced in our world today, because they would understand that there's not a lot of profit for them if they keep making movies that go against Christian values. A lot of Christians not showing up to the theater. Sadly, they're showing up. They're still watching them. We could change the course of our nation if we stood according to the word of God. But we're also to render all their due, verses 6 and 7. For because of this, you pay taxes. I found this very humorous since the second tax bill was due this week. Did you pay your homeowner's tax this week? It was due. I hope you did. Because you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. We find that paying of taxes was a debated topic in Paul's day, just as it continues to be in our day. And the reason we pay taxes he says again, they're God's ministers. And we, they apply judgment upon those who are lawbreakers. That's what they're supposed to do at least. Even Jesus was asked about this issue of taxes in Luke 20, verses 21 and 22. They asked Jesus, teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly. You do not show personal favoritism. You teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not. When they asked this question, they were trying to entrap Jesus. They thought they had Jesus in a catch-22. If he was to say, pay the taxes to Rome, they would say to the people of Israel, this guy's a traitor to the nation of Israel. But if he would say to Israel, don't pay the taxes to Rome, then they would accuse him of being an insurgent against Rome. And so this debate over taxes, it was taking place, it has been probably since the first tax bill came due, however that looked. But instead of debating over the issue, Jesus acknowledged both the human and 
divine government. When he said in Matthew twenty two twenty one, render therefore to Caesar those things that are Caesar's and to God those things that are God. His response was twofold. First, he recognized mankind's authority to govern, but also he reminded them that God is over all. We're to render to each one their due taxes, to whom taxes are due, customs, to whom customs, fear, to whom fear, honor, to whom honor. And this word for render, it means to give or to do something necessary in fulfillment of an obligation. That's what the background of this Greek word to render. We're doing something necessary in fulfillment of an obligation. We have an obligation to the country that we live in and to the laws that have been appointed and governed over us. Peter, likewise, he wrote very similar thing in 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 15. Therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or governors, as to those who are sent by him for punishment of evildoers, for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Here we find the Bible clearly teaches that we are to render taxes, custom, fear, honor to those who are in authority over us. Yet we learn in the book of Acts that there seems to be one exception to this rule. That is when man's law contradicts the law of God. In Acts 14, 18 and 19, they commanded them not to speak or to teach in the name of Jesus. And Peter and John answered and said, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. Peter and John did not stop teaching in the name of Jesus. In fact, in chapter five, again, they were commanded not to speak or to teach in the name of Jesus. And they said, we can't but teach the name of Jesus. So our obedience to God ties back to his right as creator. When in the beginning he created the heavens and the earth and he created man in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. Genesis 1.27. I just want to stress what it says there. Male and female he created them. Once again something that's being challenged in our society today whether there is just two sexes and it's being challenged in our school system as well. One of the laws that's going to take place in 2020 is the teaching of the LGBTQ, see if I get those letters right, but the teaching in Illinois begins in 2020, teaching LGBTQ history in our school system. So it's gonna be on the laws that they have to teach before the kids get to the eighth grade. This is going to be taught in our public school system. But we are to obey those whom God has placed in authority, unless they cause us to defy the overall authority of God in whose image we have been created. So we have an understanding that we are to pray for, we are to respect, that God has placed people in authority. And I believe God sometimes allow authorities to go, what we would seem to go awry, to go down a path that seems so against his word because he's trying to get the good people of a nation to wake up and to bring revival back to the land. But God has commanded us 
to submit to those who rule over us because it brings glory to the Lord God himself. Paul has hit us on three separate fronts today in Romans chapter 13. First of all, he's touched on that touchy subject of government and how we are to conduct ourselves in the world that we live in. We are to submit to governing authorities. And by doing so, Paul said, we actually bring glory to God by submitting to those who rule over us. We're to pray for them, knowing that they have been appointed by God. Father, let that be our prayer this day. We, we pray that we would have a heart that would seek to honor those who you have put in authority over us. That we would have hearts, Lord, that would love one another. And that we would have hearts, Lord, that would know the time. That, Lord, we would, in high time, awake from our slumber. That we might serve you. And look expectantly for your soon return. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship him today.